Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co-pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. All righty. Well, welcome to the Gravetop Moms podcast, Laura. I am so excited to have you and to just have time to get to know you and hear some of your heart today. So um, everyone listening today, this is Laura Hernandez, and she is the founder of Mama Systems. And she is actually, she's going to tell us more about herself, but she's a mom of 10, which that alone I find very impressive. And I know that there's so much that I can learn from you as well as everyone listening. And one thing that she's all about, her true passion in one sentence, if you will, is to bring peace to our homes through systems. And I know that there's so much more to that, but um, you know, for us here at Gravetop Moms and this podcast and this group, we are all about supporting other moms, encouraging them in their journey of wo- um, womanhood, yes, and motherhood. And so that I know that what you have to share today is going to do just that. It's going to bring encouragement, support, and it's just going to be really edifying. So Laura, thank you for being here. And would you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and your family? Yes, absolutely. So thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Um, We do have 10 kids. We live in the Dallas area and three were adopted out of foster care. And those three also have special needs. And so it was a lot going from, and when in a six month period, we went from four kids to eight kids. Wow. That was, that was a lot. We were living up in Seattle at the time. We had just had our fifth biological and we were supposed to come back to Dallas and adopt these right. three kiddos. So we moved back to Dallas and rented a house while remodeling this house and got the right. three of them through foster care and then had their little sibling in there for a hot minute as well. Right. And it was just a lot. There was a lot. I can <laughs> imagine. That's all I can really say. Um, right. And I would just kind of give myself pep talks to get through the end of the day because yeah. oh my goodness, it was so much. And I would just be like, if I can keep them alive until bedtime. We're good. Yes. <laughs> my goal is to keep everyone alive. Right. So that was kind of my rock bottom in life and realized yeah. that we needed systems in play in our house and um, went on a search to find them. So, right. Well, that is, first of all, um, impressive, <laughs> admirable. There's so many things when I just heard the beginning of your story of, you know, just having a heart, not only to raise your family, but also bring other children who would love to be a part of your family and raise them too. And going from four to eight, that's, that's impressive. So I can only imagine the thought of trying to make it through the day. And also like, what are we going to do from here? So, um, I love that. Can you tell me a little bit more about, I guess, uh, you and your husband's heart to even start the journey of adoption as well? What kind of brought that to your heart and how did that play out for y'all? Yeah. So I had always wanted to adopt since I was probably 12 years old. I remember okay. reading an article about um, some civil wars in the Congo, I believe. Mm-hmm. And just the story I read was just atrocious and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, sorry, this might, I don't want to cry face I'm trying to hold, you know. Right. It's all <laughs> welcome here. It's okay. Yeah. Um gosh, this, it was about this woman being crucified and her baby being cut out of her. And I just remember thinking like, I can get all of those babies and just take care of them. Like, right. It's kind of a lofty goal as a 12 year old. Um, but it was just kind of my, the realization that 
I could love on people who don't have anybody to love them. And um, as rescue as E as that sounds, I've realized that that's not the way to go about adoption at all. And so right. <laughs> encourage that. But as a 12 year old, that's what I thought. So right. deal breaker when we got married of like, you don't want to adopt and we're not getting married because yeah. I was and okay. we had our first three kids and all of them were a surprise despite the fact Same. we know <laughs> but uh-huh. surprise and so my husband was like if we're gonna adopt we need to go ahead and do that now because if we accidentally get pregnant again I think adoptions like we can't do it because right gonna- <laughs> okay um so we went to an adoption class at our church and we learned all about all the different kinds of adoption and he wanted to adopt from China and I wanted to adopt from Africa and we get there and the foster care panel comes up and they start talking and we both look at each other and go, Oh crap. And it was like the spirit told both of us, this is what I want you to do. Wow. So, um, I, I appreciate how the Lord works and how he brings us together on the same page. Right. Big decision because they made a big deal about don't move forward unless you're both on the same team. Right. And it was just a beautiful aligning of our hearts with where, we knew God wanted this to be. And so we started the foster care process and we had Andrew in our home um, when he was three days old. So wow. he came straight from the hospital to us. And after eight months, he went back to his mom, okay. his birth mama. And she subsequently had two more kids and okay. subsequently had two more kids. Yeah. Then they got back into care. And so we came wow. back and scooped him up. So, Wow. Oh, well, that is definitely a story. And it's just seeing like God's hand from the beginning, stirring up that passion in your heart from way back to actually bringing it to pass. And I love one thing that you said too, about how important it was that even before marriage, you and your husband discussed that and we're on the same page and how important and powerful that is to where y'all are on the same page. And God brings about that in his perfect timing and way. And so I just think that's so important to always like, you know, like you shared, remember, because when y'all are, y'all are in it and invested 100% together to, you know, walk that plan out so that I love that. That's beautiful. And I'm sure it's been, you know, hard work, but so beautiful and so worth it. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Awesome. And so tell me about how did you come about creating mama systems and why I know you kind of shared a little bit of like where it started, but how did it just come to be and why? Yeah. So I had really loved being a mama. Like mm-hmm. I love spending time with my kids, love pouring into them, um, love teaching them. And when we added all these new people and there were so many little people, it felt like it's just like everyone just eat, play, yes, quiet, sleep, just, it was right. like a, constantly trying to control everyone and so yeah. uh, had the realization that we can't live this way like we can't mm-hmm. live in survival mode forever and so right. started reading books and trying to figure out what what would work for us and nothing mm-hmm. seemed to work for our very unique family right, right. so schooling books but I'm like we have these other kids in public school we have therapists in and out of our home all day like yeah what do we do um so I really just had to sit down by myself and figure out what I wanted in motherhood and for our family right. and what we desired as parents and, and what we wanted our kids to grow up to be as and how we were going to train them in that way. And that process that I walked through to kind of create systems around, mm-hmm. I realized this 
duplicable for so many mamas because we all have such unique families. Like you could go read a book on something and, but your personality is so different and that's not going to be applicable to you. Mm -hmm. And so figuring out all those nuances of each family and the uniqueness of each family and creating systems that work for them. I got to help a few friends. And after that, I was like, oh my goodness, this is, I love doing this. This is so fun. It's so life-giving. Um, and being able to share in that joy of bringing their homes to a peaceful space is just huge. Right. Well, I love that. And even as you're speaking, like I shared before, yes, I would love some of that, um, some of what you got, what you've learned over the years, what you've created, because as I've shared a little bit, um, as before we joined together today, you know, I'm a mom of three and four, three and two year olds. So we had three under three. And it all happened so fast. The first one was planned and the other two just swooped right in there and God is good. Right. And so (laughs) we're so grateful. And, you know, there's some days, even the other day, my husband and I were talking at the end of the day and it takes a lot for me to cry. And I don't always cry at the end of the day, but the other day I just cried at the end of the day. I was like, this is hard. Some days it is overwhelming because as mothers, we want to create a peaceful home. We want our kids to enjoy their time at home and their families. We want to just create that atmosphere. That's nothing more than what we want. Right. But some days, like you said, and you know, you've experienced is like, it feels chaotic. It feels like I'm constantly having to correct and say no and, and control everyone. Like you mentioned, but, and then everyone just feels frustrated. So is every day like that? No, but some days and that day I was like, Oh God, like help. (laughs) They're growing up. Now I feel like we're transitioning to a new stage in their age. And what is our, what, and literally what you said, I'm like, God, what do we need to do as a family? All of our kids are so different and how do we navigate through this? And so I love your heart behind creating mama systems and having a heart for moms, just like me and many other that are probably listening. Like, yes, like, how do I do this? How do I create systems that work for our family? And so, um, I love that. Very interesting. And my wheels are turning and it's what I've been praying for. So more to come with that, right? (laughs) Awesome. And so let me ask you another question. If you could share one thing to all the mamas out there listening that are struggling to handle the law and even feeling overwhelmed today, what would you say to her today? I debate about one thing. Um, My typical thing I say is that it's okay to ask for help. Right. Period. The end. Right. It's okay. But I feel like on the, that's with that. Right. Just the next thing up is to know what your family desires, like know what you desire as a mom. Um, Cause I think in that we're often trying to put on everybody else's roles. Right. And we want to have, like looking to this Pinterest idea and we're trying to fit this mold of Pinteresty, whatever. And that's right. just more gifting. And so just embracing fully hundred percent of who you are in Christ and who God's created you to be and the children God's created right. you to be and not wishing them to be someone else or not wishing you to be someone else, but just showing up fully in that right. I think mm-hmm. is exactly where we need to be. Right. I love that. And that's also something that we've talked about before in our group. And, and I love what you're really like saying is one, of course, ask for help. Like the truth is, is we need help. And some of us have that village and some of us don't, that's the truth. But knowing that God will provide that help in crazy different ways. 
And that's been our story. Like we don't have our family village, but we have other friends that sometimes can step in. But I also love what you said of really understanding that all of our families are so unique, not trying to fit this box, but really like embracing your family, the differences, the unique personalities. And, and what came to mind right now is even like, for me, I was like, maybe just writing down what is our goal? What is, who are we? What do we want as a family and letting that navigate, you know, the future decisions of, of structure and all that kind of stuff. But I really, I like that. Awesome. All right. And so what is one of your most proud um, accomplishments or what are you most proud of? I guess I could say right now in this season of your life, of motherhood, of everything. Yeah. So our, our three little people that we adopted all have mm-hmm. fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Okay. And that's a, a beast of a disorder. It, yeah. it looks like a lot of different things and it's really hard because not many people talk about it. There's a lot of shame around it. Right. Um, doctors don't like to diagnose it. There's mm-hmm. not services out there that are helping educate teachers. There's just a, a big chasm of like things that need to happen that right. just aren't there. And so um, I'm working right now on a proposal for a FASD clinic in the Dallas area. And I think that's what I'm most proud of right now. It hasn't gone anywhere, but it's on my computer and I'm like fleshing it out and all the details. And so right. I think- I feel very confident that the Lord has given us these three people to be able to move forward and to make a voice and to make a difference for different families out there who are struggling with this because it's so, so hard. Right. Well, that's powerful to like really take that, like have that courage to say, you know what, I'm going to, even though there's nothing out there, it seems to support children who are going through this and even parents that are, you know, helping them navigate through this to really bring awareness and try to see what happens, throw it out there and see what can come of that. So that's courageous. And that's, that's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. And so what is one of the greatest lessons you've uh, gained from your journey in motherhood? What would you say? I know that's a big question, but what is one of the greatest lessons you feel that you've gained from motherhood? Yeah, I think being authentic with with myself, Mm -hmm. really checking my reality and then being authentic with my friends and letting them in and be vulnerable with them, I think has been huge because they're able to walk alongside in the messy and in the hard. Yeah. And then being authentic with our family and like even simple things of like, Hey guys, I'm having a really rough day today. And it would really bless me if you could go in and clean up the kitchen and and deal with some things in there. And they're able to see that and step into that. And we can serve each other better in that way. Instead of me barking orders at them or me commanding that they do something right. Um, But I'm able to just really share my heart and where I am and, and they're able to come and help love me in that way. And that's been a beautiful thing. That's awesome. And I, I really like that word authentic. And so like being, you kind of shared an example of like being open and real with your family. And how does that look like even for yourself, like being authentic with yourself and even with your friends, how would you say that looks as an example? Yeah. So, um, I, with myself, I have struggled with living in reality. Like I've kind of lived in a fantasy world growing up. And I think that helped me cope yeah. with a lot of just different stresses that were going on at home. And mm-hmm. I then carried that over into marriage, which I know is shocking. So it's mm-hmm. taken a lot of time to just kind of unpack those things and right. to just be like, okay, what's really going on here? Am I trying to make this out to be something that's not? Right. Or 
we, you know, I, I don't know. That was just a great coping mechanism that I always gravitated towards. So I'm now constantly asking myself, is this what's really going on here? What are the facts here? Right. What stories am I making up about this? And just trying to get down to the root of things um, right. so that I'm not responding in a way that's untrue to the actual situation. Um, with okay, yeah. my friends, that looks a lot like many years of just slowly sharing a little bit of my heart and then having them showing up in confidence mm-hmm. and being able to handle that, not abandoning me and holding right. space for me in those times. It has been life-changing to be able to call up a friend with out a shadow of a doubt, knowing that they're going to be right there with me, right? holding that space and letting me be sad or angry or mad and um, saying things that I wouldn't be able to say to the whole world, but I can say to them and they, they exactly. hold space. And they know what I mean by that. So, right. And I love that. And let me ask you for your own experience. Have you felt like throughout your journey of motherhood, you've always had either friends or those friends, or is that something that developed over time? Because I know motherhood can be lonely. And sometimes some of us, we have existing friends or sometimes I, you know, have had seasons where I didn't have any. So how did that look for you? A lot of just kind of stepping out and trusting. Yeah. Cause I know I need friends, you know, like right. I know I need people around me. And mm-hmm. so that looks a lot like choosing to be hospitable, even when it may seem like nobody else is doing the same towards you. Right. Taking the step of bravery and putting yourself out there and meeting neighbors. And right. a lot of that just feels so scary and so vulnerable because what if they say no, what if they don't come? Right. What, what if I have this neighborhood party or play date and nobody comes? Right. And that's okay. Yeah. It's and okay I to- love that. I do because, you know, um, you know, throughout my journey of motherhood, and again, for me, it's only been four years so far, but you know, there was seasons where it felt super lonely. And then in this past couple years or two years or so, God's really brought life giving friends in my life. And it's just like you said, I love that. It's so important to honestly reach out and be open because if we don't, we can easily stay in a place of isolation and motherhood all by yourself can be lonely. You know, um, you're just constantly loving and feeding and taking care of your children, but having that friendship and that social interaction with other women, but especially other moms too, that can relate to some degree has been so life-giving. Even for us too, there's been Uh, this past several months, a group of us in our neighborhood that reached out through a Facebook group. And now we're really good friends and we're doing life together. And we take walks a couple times a week with all of our kids. And it's been such a life-giving thing, but it required all of us to reach out to some capacity. And then we found that connection. So, um, and just like you said, going back to the first answer to this question is like that authenticity, like being just being true to yourself, true to your friends, your family goes a long way. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And finding, I think finding the, those people and having them around you and then sharing a little bit of your story, maybe a little right. something that you and your husband are struggling with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just the little tiny pieces and you kind of test out the waters and see, is this right. safe? are they going to hold this information with with the care and concern that I want them to. And often I found that so many times when I can be vulnerable with other people, I'm the first one that they call when they need something or when they are going through a hard time in their marriage or with a kid or anything. 
Um, right. That, that's just such a beautiful, that's been such a beautiful picture, like looking back on all those friendships. Right. That I can see just little things I've shared and friends come back with a much bigger thing where it's like same category, much bigger. And we're able to be there for each other and walk through that together. Yes, exactly. And it's all about really being transparent because just like you said, it gives other women space to do the same. Because if no one breaks the ice in that area, everyone just, hey, I'm good. You're good. We're good. But really, yeah, sometimes we are, but sometimes we just need a friend to vent to, yeah. to be encouraged by and to have. So awesome. And let me move on to this next question. So what is one of the most effective daily habits that you would say you possess that have really benefited your life? That I possess or that our family has in place? Well, I would, I would say both. So initially the question is you as an individual, as a mother for yourself, but also your family, that would be great to know. Okay. So definitely for me, mm-hmm. it's waking up before kids, yeah. having coffee already made the night before, having the kitchen already cleaned the night before. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking out to a peaceful environment with coffee brewed, it's still dark. My yeah. little lamp is on. All the things are set up for me to have a good morning okay. and I can go sit down and read and pray before anybody gets up. I think that's my, I don't do well without that. I'm able right. to peace. Okay. Um, so that's my habit that I've built into my daily life that just has helped me so much. Right. And you know, I feel like I've heard that from a lot of different moms over time that really have said that really helps me. And it makes sense. How much time do you give yourself before the kids wake up? And did it take you time to develop that habit and do it because sleeping in always sounds better until your kids are screaming and they hit the ground running <laughs> yeah I really have to pep talk myself out of bed right like, this is your time get up now like I really have to like muster yeah. up all the courage I can to get out of bed because I would love to stay in bed right. um, just how I, I you can just see the difference in our days whenever I right. that time in the morning to slowly wake up and greet the day to whenever right. I'm and panicked and I'm yelling at people and get yeah. out the door and all the things. So right. um, I think just because I can see such a difference, right? I know I have to do it and I need to do it. And so it has been a slow, like started out like 15 minutes mm-hmm. and we're like at 30 minutes. Nice. So it's not like these huge, I'm spending hours every right. morning. It's enough. Yes. So. Okay, great. I love that. And that encourages me to continue having that goal as well. <laughs> awesome. Right. So it's a little baby steps to that. Um, and then, so what about for you and your family? Yeah. So five o'clock jobs have been our hands down, my number one go-to because without that order in our home, it's we're lost. So what that looks like is we have an alarm set for five o'clock on devices in our home that won't uh-huh. say their names. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have an alarm on my phone. So my watch goes off, my phone goes off, timer goes off. Like all these things are going off. It's uh-huh. five o'clock. Awesome. I go into the kitchen and start making dinner, which is helpful okay. for many reasons because A, I need to do that. <laughs> B, right. I find that often we'll get to seven o'clock and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't fed anybody and it's almost bedtime. And so not only do they need to eat and I need to cook something, but they need to get ready for school and like all the things, right? right. So having the timer set is just really helpful for me to not get mm-hmm. distracted in the evening routine. And then kids at that time have three responsibilities. So each kid needs to get ready for their day at school tomorrow. So making their lunch or laying out clothes, whatever those things are, they're responsible Mm -hmm. for that. Um, Number two, they have a job to help get ready for dinner. 
So that can be like our three-year-old puts forks on the table or spoons on the table, like whatever we're having. That's his job. Mm-hmm. So everyone can help. Everyone's participating in getting the meal on the table or cleaning up after dinner. Right. And number three, everybody has a zone that they're in charge of. Okay. And so this could be like outside toys. They're in charge of picking up all the outside toys, or it could be cleaning the living room, or it could be blankets in the living room. Like being very specific in what you are asking of them in their mm-hmm. zones is really helpful. Um, so that there's no miscommunication between siblings or between you and right. the kid. Uh-huh. This job I didn't, you know. Right. <laughs> I hear a lot of that. So mm-hmm. it just helps nip all of that in the bud. We can move forward. Everyone does their jobs. We can sit down and have dinner together. And I am less bitter towards my people. Right. It feels like we're a team and we're working together to make these things happen. And it, that's just the most beautiful thing you can offer your kids, I think. Right. Well, that I love that. I, as you're sharing that, I'm like envisioning like how I could already incorporate that in our own way at home. Like, and I can see it like for my kids, they really thrive. And most kids do. First of all, when you have the structure, of course, we know that in consistency, they thrive off of that. And then also like even the um, affirmation of a job well done. And I can just see my kids like knowing I'm in charge of this and you're in charge of this and getting excited and having ownership over it and then being excited to be affirmed and knowing that they accomplish that it it brings not just like these mundane tasks like oh clean up help clean up your room I don't want to you know and bringing this kind of like organized system I could see how it takes something like I don't want to clean up I don't want to do this too this is my job I'm excited this is your job and let's work together and so I I love that and wheels are turning and I can see how it can just bring just such order and create, just like you said, peace. You have your time to cook. They have their time to get ready and organize and clean up. And it just brings together everything. I love that. So very cool. Awesome. Um, A couple more questions until we close up, but next question, what is the greatest advice that you've received regarding motherhood? I... I think just the knowledge that we can't, I oh, we're in the teenage years now, and this right. is by far the hardest thing that I've ever, oh man, <laughs> ever done. And I think just teenaging in this world that we're in mm-hmm. right now yeah. is very different than like, I was, I was ready for teen pregnancy. Like I, you know, like I, right. not that we were wanting that, but I was like, I, right. I had a talk for that. Like I was ready for like, anything. I can parent you through this. Yeah. Uh-huh. These things. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's a whole nother beast. And I have no it idea how is. to do it. And so, oh, there's so much here. But I think just having the reminder that we can't control our kids and that we can't, like our our value and our worth doesn't depend on our children's behavior. Mm. So, I like that. Like that's completely apart from like who God's called me to be and who I'm like in my fullness. Right. Walking in that humility of just embracing everything he has of me. That's not shaken by how my kids act. I like that. That's going to be a quote graphic or something because it's so powerful. I love what you said. Go on, continue, but that's good. So So it's been a whole, it's been a season of just having to trust in ways. Like there's a, there's some, you know, there's something about knowing, you know, things. Right. I should just trust God with them and the blah, 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 blah. But then like walking that out on a daily basis of like, 
Lord, she's yours. Lord, yes. he's yours. Mm-hmm. Do what you want with them. If you need to bring them down a dark road or right, list all of my worries and fears about all being a mother, like right, had to happen, then do it. I know that you'll receive glory. And so that's been, mm-hmm, that's been the hardest, um, right. best, like, I, and I, I think just Jesus has taught me a lot of that. Right. So I don't know if it's really from, it is from somebody, but that's not right. another mother shared this information with me. I think that that's just kind of what I've been learning along the right. way. I, I love that. So one, we can't always control our kids. They're going to be at the end of the day, their own person and make their own decisions, no matter how well you did as a mom. And then two, I love that you said, I think this is how you worded it, but our value does not come or does not, yeah, does not come from your child's behavior in so many words. Like that is not a reflection of your value. That is yeah. just them as an individual and you as a mother are doing the best that you can. So I, I love that. I really do. I really My do. only edit to that would be that not only can you not always control your children, you, you can never control your children. Like it's true. You can't My kids already showed me that <laughs> they already show me that on a daily basis. Oh, okay. That was good. That's in my heart. And I'm definitely going to remember that. Um, awesome. So what is, uh, one thing you wish that you knew as a first time mom, when this journey began, what is one thing you wish you knew that, you know, now? Yeah, I think that I started out motherhood very, like, we've got to get these people on a schedule and we got to like discipline and all these things. Right. And consequences. And I think just the further I've, I've moved parenting mindsets, I guess, of being like this very strict Mm -hmm. spanking for disbehavior or misbehavior and moved over to just a more compassionate and gracious view of things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think definitely having trauma informed care has kind of shift that mindset for me and learning a ton about the brain and just our three special needs buddies and their trauma and all of those things. So I think that's definitely helped shift things. I don't even know if it's to the better. I've kind of swung way over to where our little baby is. Right. He could probably use the little spanket on his bottom. Yeah. But, um, I, I think some, I, I, and I don't even know how to say this, but just something right. about that. Those little people, they need so many more hugs and understanding than they do like consequences. And, um, I think just our act of, of loving them through those things is so much bigger than us trying to force them into this mold. And I know, like, right. don't hear me say, don't train or discipline your right. kids in any stretch of the imagination, right. but just from where I, from where I started, right. I was told of like, and taught was very much like they have a misbehavior. You need to spank them and, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and I don't know. I don't know if that really answers the question. Well, I totally see what you're saying. So you're, I, I love what you're saying too. You've learned from the beginning now years of experience in dealing with your children and loving your children and disciplining and trying many things. I'm sure at the end of the day, you have found that just that love and compassion goes a long way that yes, there's times for discipline, but at the end of the day, it's easy to, especially at the beginning, like you said, just, okay, I need to make sure I raise my kid right. And they're listening and they're obedient and they're this and they're that. But at the end of the day, sometimes, like you said, they need just 
love on them. They grow up so fast. They need that compassion, that understanding. And yeah, maybe a pow pow here and there. But I love that you're saying like, at the end of the day, love and compassion really goes further than anything else in a sense. Is that what you're pretty much saying, right? Absolutely. I think that, um, I think that maybe early in my motherhood years, I was kind of told the lie that if you do X, Y, and Z, that your children will be walking in truth all the days of their life. Right. And while that sounds so magical, I was striving for that and then disappointed when it's not happening, how I envisioned it. Right. Right. Um, and so I think, I think that's kind of, I was very almost legalistic about how I was parenting them. Right. Expecting this certain outcome. And then on this flip side, I'm like, well, that didn't do anything. Right. Yeah. And then you have another kid that's totally different than the other one. You're like, well, well, that goes out the window. What do we do now? (laughs) Yes. And let me ask you one more question in regards to that. So as a mother and a wife, you're obviously working with your partner, your husband to raise these kids. And there's so many aspects to that, but especially on the topic of discipline. And when I say discipline, I don't mean just like discipline, but that's a broad topic. And there's so much I could ask you on that, but how, let's see, I guess maybe what would be a word of advice as well when it comes to working together with your husband to be on the same page in y'all's choices to discipline and structure. So that's kind of a big question. You can uh, just say what you would like, I guess, if you will. But I know that being a mom of younger kids that, that throws some curveballs into your relationship with your husband. And sometimes, you know, you and your husband are good, but when it comes to discipline, it can be, y'all have different ideas, different opinions, and it can like clash sometimes. What have you learned over the years? What is some advice that you could give us when it comes to working with your husband um, together and being on the same page? Yeah. I think knowing yourself is huge in that mm-hmm. because you can kind of di- dissect things a little better and right. then move towards a conversation with him mm-hmm. with compassion. So instead of arguing about it, you're coming and saying like, Hey, this is how I feel about this. And I think that, you know, my influence of growing up this way or just things I've seen in him make me think X and that's why I feel this way. Right. And then you can kind of hear his side of things too. And then you can have an open conversation. Cause I feel like often that emotion rises and then we're just mm-hmm. at each other and we haven't really gotten down to the bottom of what's going on with us. Right. Right. So I, I make up that an example of this would be like with our youngest right now, mm-hmm. I see so many red flags that he's on the spectrum and mm-hmm. I really think he's on the spectrum and some right. of the terms he throws, I'm like, those aren't those aren't typical two-year-old tantrums. Like, I feel like there's just a big difference and I can see the difference. And, yeah. but he'll say something like, oh, he's like having a fit. Like he's, he needs to be dis- like, need to spank him or whatever. Like, right. I don't know. And so I feel like we've been at odds with this. And so it's had, we've had to keep coming back to each other and saying like, okay, this is kind of what I'm feeling here. And I can tell something's not right with him. And this feels more like, well, I don't know. So we're able to like dissect right. it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Is this, the words coming out making sense yes no for sure Mm -hmm. so it's definitely that's that definitely makes it very tricky um right that topic alone can send the two of you in two separate directions you know yes Mm -hmm. and so continuing to come back and continuing to be honest with each other and saying like hey he needs to 
he needs to act differently with Henry than I need to act with Henry. Like I right. knowing that God's created us both to be mm-hmm. the circle of his life. Right. And how I see him with such compassion and not that my husband doesn't see him with compassion, but there's just a different something in me that I don't even know how to explain it, but you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't feel and vice versa. So right. we're both put in his life for a reason. And I need to trust that the Lord has that in mind and, and walk yeah. in that. And I, I think very early on, I, I believe the Lord spoke very clearly to me of like, I don't want you to trust Tony. Like, cause I was like struggling so much with trusting right. something he's doing. And it was just such a struggle mm-hmm. and just praying through it. I really felt the Lord say, don't trust him. Trust me. Right. And so in the same area of just trusting the Lord that he's brought this two together to parent Henry mm-hmm. and um, God knows him best, but God knows what he needs. So, right. That's great. That is um, really great feedback. I like two things that you pretty much shared is instead of coming at each other's neck, which can happen sometimes of really slowing down, understanding what you're feeling, maybe where it's coming from and having a conversation with y'all both expressing what you're feeling and understanding each other and then discussing what is our game plan? What are we going to work together towards? And I, me and my husband have really, even in that area grown to acknowledge that and really notice, okay, we're feeling frustrated even with each other, but let's take a step back and let's have this discussion. Where is this coming from? Why do we feel these ways? And just like you said, when we've had those times, it's way more productive and it only brings us closer together, more united. But there have been times where you're just like bump heads. And of course you feel the strife when at the end of the day, y'all both want the best for your kid. And going on to the second thing that I really noticed or really liked that you said uh, with your feedback is also remembering, first of all, trusting God, put y'all two together for a reason to parent these children. So it's like having that trust in God, but also trusting your spouse to know that, Hey, the way I parent my kids or, you know, in these moments that I can also trust my spouse has their best intention. And even could God use them to do it differently than me? Yeah. (laughs) May I agree right away? Maybe not. But does that mean that God isn't working through my spouse in that specific moment to do what's best. And I've had to learn too, as well, to take steps back and realize like, Hey, we both have unique things we're bringing to the table and our kids need it. Are we both going to be perfect? No, no. We could all probably both do things a little bit different, continue to adjust and, and become better, but that's our goal. And that's what we want. But, um, yes, I, I loved that feedback and, you know, we are coming to a close and I'll ask you one last question. Um, before we pray. And um, I will say that this has been amazing. And I just love everything that you shared so far. It's really brought some great insight for me. And I know for those who listen, they're really going to enjoy this. And so what are three tips you could give us today to create peace and structure in our home? And I know that there's so much more where that came from, but especially in your expertise right now, what are three things you can leave us with to have that peace and structure in our home. Yeah. I think creating a good evening routine Mm -hmm. is a must to therefore have a good morning routine. Okay. Mm -hmm. We can break these down a lot more if you need help 
kind of structuring these things in your life. I would love to help you do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then finally, taking care of yourself. I've yet to meet a mom that has someone come in and say, how can I take care of you? Mm. Nobody's going to show up and do that. And maybe you have a great husband that does little things for you, but even then his priorities are not, how can I take care of you? How can I serve you? Right. I think that we need to be such an advocate for ourselves, because nobody else will be. Mm -hmm. And we need to speak up and say what we need. We need to know what we need. We need to say what we need and we need to create a plan for what we need. And so um, I do have a little self-care guide that I would love to share with your mamas that kind of walks you through those steps of really advocating for yourself and creating a plan to advocate for yourself. Um, But I think that's, that's huge because if you're trying to pour out of an empty cup, like nothing but flesh comes out, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not pretty. Um, But if you can get to a place where you're content and where you're, where you're really filled up, then the things that come out are just beautiful and loving and patient and kind. And we look a whole lot more like Jesus when yes. that is the case. So. Yes. Love it. So three tips, create a good morning routine, a good evening routine, and really implement that self-care. And I like what you said, not only make sure that it's important, but create a plan to ensure that you have that time for self-care and you're right. It's definitely vital. And I always see a difference within myself in the way that I'm able to be with my children, depending on how much time I've allowed myself to refill my cup, if you will. And so I loved everything that you shared today. Thank you so much for just everything, all of your advice, um, your heart, your passion, and, you know, just hearing about how, you know, God has really blessed your family, grown your family, and even giving you such a gift that you're giving to other mothers is inspiring and beautiful. And so, you know, like I said, I loved everything that you shared today. And it really, honestly, a lot of the things you shared is some of what the Bible teaches us about, um, about being a wife and at mom. And it reminds me of Proverbs 31. Like I know it Proverbs 31 is easily thrown around and And, but honestly, like she, it says in there, she woke up before dawn to prepare the day for her family and for work. Hey, are all of us waking up before dawn? And if we don't, does that mean we're not a great mom? No, not whatsoever. But it gives these examples that what worked for her in Proverbs 31, such as waking up before dawn, doing then investing in a field, making this, creating a separate stream of income. It said at the end that her family stood up and praised her and that God, you know, just his favor was all upon her. And so what it shows me is pretty much what you're sharing today, that when we create order and structure in our home, that it creates an atmosphere of peace and even unity. And every family, just like you said, is different. It's not going to look like the next family. You know, the structure, the systems, the order that we create in our homes will look different, but that's the God-given, you know, structure, if you will, that will ultimately bring that peace and unity And God's heart is for us to have that kind of atmosphere. Is it going to be perfect? Are our kids still going to have freakouts and tantrums? And stuff like that. Of course, you know, they're kids. We're human. We're all human. But I love that these, the things that you shared today can really give us something to grasp on to take a little bit more control of our home and begin to enjoy it more and more and experience that peace. So again, thank you for all that you shared today. Um, I, I loved every bit of it. Are there any last words before we close off? I'm just grateful that you had me. It was really fun hanging out with you. 
Yes. Yes. I, I did too. And I'm excited. So again, for those of you who got to listen, we will share it um, on our Facebook page and such, but go follow Laura Hernandez, mama systems. And there's so much that you can learn from her page and everything that she has to offer. So again, thank you for being with us today. Um, and I hope that you have a great day. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Gravetop Church. Thanks for listening.